So there's a lot of things to think about behind the scenes in approach. If you have meditations in your book, do you want to include music in those? Do you need help finding it? All of these things that can be built into this process can really go a long way when it's thoughtfully prepared. And we want to make sure that the author's on the same page as we are and make sure that it makes sense to move forward a certain way. Or it can just be a straight read. Depending upon what the content is, the content will speak for itself. And so how you present it can go a long way. And sometimes it doesn't need all the stuff. A while ago, transition sound effects or music between chapters was the thing. And on forums now, people don't want that. They just want to get to the content. They don't want to hear the acknowledgement and the dedication and resources and some of those things that may be explained in the book up front. Save it for the end. Still record it. It's still valuable. But save it for the end so that people can get straight to the content. And if they want to move on, they can. Welcome to The Author's Leverage, the podcast where we explore the journeys that await you beyond your book. I'm your host, Parshel Tashi, and in each episode, we connect with best-selling authors, publishing experts, and industry pros to unveil the pathways that enable you to leverage and amplify your book for extraordinary impact and income. Whether you're a seasoned author or just embarking on your authorpreneur adventure, prepare to be inspired. Today, we're joined by a guest who's going to share some invaluable insights with us. But before I introduce them, I want to invite you to download your copy of our ebook and its companion digital workbook. It's called Five Ways to Get More Bang for Your Book. It's a comprehensive guide to supercharge your author journey, and you can find it below this episode, along with where you can connect with us on social media, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Now, let's dive into today's episode and take a sneak peek into the future of your success as an author. I'm so glad that you're here. If we've not met before, I'm Parshel Tashi, and The Author's Leverage is a podcast all about how to get more bang for your book towards a bigger impact and more income. And I'm really fortunate I get to talk to today's best-selling authors and the best ASPs that I call them, author support professionals who talk about their unique approaches and how to be successful as an author today. So whether you're a seasoned author with numerous books or you're a new author is ready to expand or an author to be. You're sure to find some golden nuggets here that's going to support your journey. So be sure to subscribe and check out uh, any of the previous episodes as well. All right. Today, I think you're going to find today's topic very interesting because we are talking about audiobooks <laughs> and what that looks like, what that world means for someone as yourself as an author who ventures to say, hey, I'm also going to create an audiobook with my book. So I want to introduce you to today's guest, Stephen George. He's a seasoned voice actor, audio professional, broadcast producer, and podcaster with over a decade of experience in the field. At Twin Flames, he is the head of audiobooks, and he's directly involved with all the author-narrated audiobook projects from setting up initial meetings to directing live recording sessions to getting books uploaded for purchase. He wants all authors to know that his process is not about perfection, but about getting it right. There is a big difference. So welcome, Stephen, to The Author's Leverage. Hey, thanks, Parshel, for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. And thank you so much. I, I know that uh, we've been able to connect a, uh, a couple of times now, and I'm just so impressed with all the work that you guys have done, how you're supporting authors today when it comes to audiobooks. And this is such a big topic, and you've had a lot of experience in this space. So I would love for you to share a little bit about why this space for you, why audiobooks? Why? <laughs> what is this for Why? You? That's yeah. the real question for all of us. Why? <laughs> for me, this 
comes down to my previous experience as a broadcast professional for a little, almost a decade. I was in television news where I was a morning news producer, where I wrote the stories for the people that read them on air, the anchors, the reporters, settled all the graphics, all the organizational pieces, put it all together. And so for me, telling stories is always the central theme of what I'm trying to do. And it's about everyone has one. And for me, it's about making sure that it's out there for others to hear. Absolutely. In audiobooks, some authors create them, some don't. What is the typically happening in the, the thought process uh, when an author is going this direction? For us, when I get engaged with an author, the conversation is usually lending itself more towards they're ready to go. They just don't know which way, whether that's them taking the project on themselves or if they should hire a narrator. Usually the first time I'm meeting with them, they're still in that process. They may have an idea of which way they want to go, but once they hear the explanation about how our process works and what they're looking to do, they want to match up with what works best for them. And ultimately that's what we want for them as well, because there's so many factors that play into which direction should you go. Exactly, exactly. And what are some of those factors? What are some of the reasons why an author, this makes sense to have an audiobook with your book? So we encourage our authors, we're in the nonfiction space. And so we encourage our authors to tell their story in as many ways as they can. They've worked for years in some cases to get this print book out. If they're going through a traditional publisher, it could, that journey is three to five years sometimes to see their book hit the shelves. And with us, the process, if they have a finished manuscript and depending upon their schedule, they could have an audiobook out in 90 days or less. And so it really boils down to where they are in their marketing of their print book or other life things that are happening for them. Do they have the time to make this happen? Do they have the space needed to record? Do they need a microphone recommendation? those types of things. And we help them work through all of that to make sure that they're going to get the best quality possible if they want to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and I love that, that there's different options available for how they can get this done. And, and with that, then how can they ensure that the quality is going to be, uh, be good for them? How, cause Mary, you want it to be high quality and that's super, super important. You don't want to sound like you're in a closet or something or in a loud hallway. That experience is so important when you're going that direction. What are some of the key things that they can keep in mind when, when they're deciding this, especially when it comes to quality and how that resonates with their audience? And the conversation that we typically have with the authors is all the little daily things that you're used to having at home and the interruptions and distractions and things that aren't a big deal when you're doing a Zoom meeting or on the, taking a phone call or something. They matter in the recording process for an audiobook. If you have pets at home that are going to be pawing at the door, if you're close the door on them for one time trying to record, or a garbage day when the landscapers are in your neighborhood, are you in a high traffic cars or planes otherwise area? All of those factors play in, and we just want to make sure that we can still get consistent enough quality audio from those outside distractions that you can focus on what's in front of you. For us, you mentioned the closet, but as far as environments go, we actually recommend a walk-in closet if you have one to record in. 
especially in certain parts of the country where you live, say Colorado, Maine, somewhere where it's cold, you automatically have like sweaters and things hanging up, lining the closets. And so those act as natural sound dampening. You don't need the, all this stuff around me to record an audiobook necessarily. And so we really strive to make sure that authors, if they want to record at home, that they can use the things they already have at home to set up a quiet enough recording space to make it happen. And if they need microphone suggestions, we can provide them some that we feel are affordable options, and then they can use it moving forward on Zoom meetings, other opportunities, podcasts that they may have coming up where they can continue to have that good quality audio and they have the tools they need to make sure it sounds good. Absolutely. And and you're absolutely right, too. I, I forgot that a closet is actually the really great space for that. So I guess it would be good if you sound like you're in a closet. Yeah, but <laughs> not a hallway, to your point. Yeah, exactly. These are just some of the things that, that come up as challenges, right? What are some of the other common challenges that authors face when they're, you know, entering the world of audiobooks? And how do you suggest that they overcome them? Sure. So we talked a little bit about the space and kind of setting it up and some of those outside distractions like with the pets and, and traffic and those things that we don't want to impede the process. I would say one of the biggest things that I talk with authors about is the prep work involved. This is not something that you want to step into cold be, and just read. We all know that you wrote this book. You know the content better mm -hmm. than anyone. When you are trying to speak it and perform it in an audiobook fashion, saying it out loud is different than how it's written on the page. And how are you walking into this process? Are you taking the time to actually read it out loud in practice? And I talk to my authors all the time, say, listen, when you're prepping for this process, if you've never done anything like this before, start prepping now. Take the time, have your manuscript in front of you and read out loud for an extended period of time. And when I say extended, 30 minutes or more. Know if you can go through that without your voice cracking or giving out or those types of things that you don't know up to this point if it can do. Like so many of our authors, this is their first sort of foray into any type of public speaking. That's where they want to be. But they start with this audiobook process to get themselves out there and they've not done a lot of prep to this point. So we just try to really engage with them and say, start practicing now, please. Because the more you practice, the more familiar you're going to be with your own content, the smoother that story is going to be when it comes out. And it's just so incredibly helpful for them to prep. And that's going to solve a lot of problems for them. A lot of, or we've had a few authors who in this process didn't recognize that they had some sort of disability in regards to reading, like dyslexia or something. Oh similar gosh. to that until yeah. they get into this process because mm -hmm. they're trying to read out loud and they stumble here and there. And we're like, we check in with them. Are you okay? And then they later find out, you know what? I didn't realize I had this issue that again, that kind of comes down to prep and we work through with our authors who have those challenges. And that's the beautiful thing about audiobooks in general, as its own sort of industry is the accessibility it provides. You have people that struggle with reading, but they still want, they crave that content. And this provides them an avenue to still get what they need and learn while they're doing it, especially in our space, being in nonfiction, that it's not always an escape. It's a learning opportunity for folks. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I love this conversation and being able to talk with you because what you and I do is provide this extension beyond the book and mm-hmm. whatever experience that looks. And, and it's really powerful. And there is a lot that goes into it either way. Even what you just shared about things that you discover for us, mm-hmm. sometimes it's the camera thing and being in front of the camera for that period of time. And oftentimes we might have, a, of course, a teleprompter. So we're utilizing that tool. So it's a lot of reading and going through. And so you're right. And that's one thing that we definitely recommend is, you know, getting prepared and having some time to practice and be with your words. That way, when you're ready to actually do it, the key word that I heard you say was you're ready to perform. Mm-hmm. And it's not until you said that I realized, yeah, it is. It's, it is a way of performance because you're not just reading it to be read, right? You're reading it for it to be a listening experience something that is going to have inflection and hear emotion and all of that through through the audiobooks. Yeah, can you share some other behind the scenes insights into the production process and what are the steps involved in turning a manuscript into an audiobook? Because I think it's going to help authors and those listening know what to anticipate in this process so that way they have the best outcome. Sure. So I would say behind the scenes when we first have those conversations with the authors, when I meet with them the first time, I've had like a glance at their book to give them a sense uh, or to determine the word count and which determines how long the finished audiobook will be, which we do easy math and say for every 10,000 words, that's one finished hour of audio, give or take, right? That gives uh, an author a rough estimate of what to expect. And so for us at Twin Flame Studios, we say for every one hour of finished audio, we need to book two hours of recording time with them. So if it's a, a 60,000 word book, that should be around a six hour audio book. So we want to book six days of two hour recording sessions with them. And we don't want to do like a Monday through Friday and a Monday kind of situation where it's just back to back to back to back. We want them to provide space enough for themselves to breathe a little bit in this process, give them time to prep in between sessions. So in a situation like that, we would say, let's try to shoot for two to three weeks to get the initial recordings done. And again, that provides them a little bit of breathing room. It also keeps the audiobook a priority in their schedule, right? Mm -hmm. We wouldn't want like one session a week for six weeks. Because that's hard for an author to get into a rhythm, just like with anything else. When they're picking their times to write their book, they set aside certain time to do that. So an audiobook, we want to treat the same way. It's just much more sped up or it goes a lot more quicker. And so you have that situation of scheduling and it being a priority. The other thing that I would say from behind the scenes is for those, when we're in those two hour sessions, we build in time for things to happen like mistakes when somebody's reading or questions to come up about how to handle certain pieces of content. Do you say numbers instead of bullet points or do you know skip over certain sections because it doesn't make sense? Or do you want to talk to the author about creating a PDF mm-hmm. for charts and graphs, pictures, or do you want to send people to your website so that way you can capture that information? as part of your efforts of marketing your services and things like that. So there's a lot of things to think about behind the scenes in approach. If you're, if you have meditations in your book, do you want to include music in those? Do you need help finding it? 
all of these things that can be built into this process can really go a long way when it's thoughtfully prepared. And we want to make sure that the author's on the same page as we are and make sure that it makes sense to move forward a certain way. Or it can just be a straight read. Mm -hmm. Depending upon what the content is, the content will speak for itself. And so how you present it can go a long way. And sometimes it doesn't need all the stuff. A while ago, transition sound effects or music between chapters was the thing. And on forums now, people don't want that. They just want to get to the content. It just, they don't want to hear the acknowledgements and the dedication and resources and some of those things that may be explained in the book up front. Save it for the end, still record it. It's still valuable, but save it for the end so that people can get straight to the content. And if they want to move on, they can. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. all of these conversations are happening within the recording process. And it's not something that always needs to be decided up front. It's helpful. But sometimes thought processes evolve. And so we want to evolve with the author as we go. Absolutely. And one of the key things that you just mentioned too is the marketing of this. So could you share a little bit? Because that's hugely important as well, right? Anything that you create as, as an extension of your book still has to have your involvement in how it's how people are introduced to it and how they experience it. How important it is, is it to promote your audiobooks and what are some strategies that you know of that are going to be helpful for authors to employ to mm -hmm. increase visibility and sales of their audiobooks. Sure. The lowest hanging fruit is social media. And so with our authors, when we work with them, their files are their files. So they own them. It's their rights. We retain no rights or royalties to them. So when we're done, however they want to market it, if they know how to put graphics and kind of s snippets of audio together, on social media channels like Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever your intended audience is going to be, then by all means, please, it's yours. Please do that. And we encourage our authors to do that. We've had a few really grab the bull by the horns with their teams mm. and really take that to heart and use and find things like stock footage on websites that make sense to go with audio they've recorded and then post that out on their socials. And just because you did it once doesn't mean you can't do it again. Right. Every time you put it out there, you're reaching somebody new. And for authors, we've had this conversation a lot where the question is they put out this or created this audiobook product and now what? And they're just not sure what to do. And it's, you've got to put in the work. You're doing all these things with your publisher to market your book, you've got to get in that same kind of mindset for your audiobook as well. And the question that you want to ask yourself is, where do you want this to go? Is this just about audiobook sales for you? Or is this about you getting speaking engagements? And then if it's about speaking engagements, okay, how do you intend to use, repurpose your content for that? It's not about just social media, but you can go on podcasts and say, hey, I know we're going to be talking about this subject today. I actually talk about it in my book. Here's like a chapter. And if you're unable to have the skills to chop down that little snippet that you're hoping for, just tell the podcast host, hey, cut out from six minutes to eight minutes in chapter three, and you're going to have a little bit more in-depth introduction to what I'm going to talk about today. Mm. So you don't rely on those people who want to use you for a, a podcast or social media to create and repurpose your own content. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's just so huge. And like you said, the low hanging fruit is social media. That's where you can really utilize this content and repurpose it in a number of ways, mm. which is huge. Now, I'm curious, too, for like, how does an author know that their book would do good as as an audiobook, Right. Because I imagine maybe some don't translate as well as others, maybe. But what are some of the indications that would say, yeah, this should totally be an audiobook? So I would say for us, some of it has to do with length of the book. We want Audible. I'll start over. Audible has an algorithm currently that could change at any time where books over three hours or three hours or longer get a little bump up in their search results automatically due to length. Most of the books that we create with our authors are anywhere between three hours and eight hours. That's the significant portion of our books. So if it's coming in below three hours, then I would say, okay, what can we do to get it over the hump here? And there's some options for that where if they're just like 10, 15 minutes off, I'll say, okay, let's create a, like a bonus interview with the author where we can talk about, okay, now that listeners have uh, listened to the entire book. What are some things you want to build upon with them that they couldn't get? Maybe you had to edit out of the manuscript, right? Initially, but you really feel strongly you want to get out to them or just so they can learn more about you as a person, as an author, because you want them to follow you along in your journey. Hmm. And so we can get them over that to help build that up a little bit, or maybe you were on a podcast that was, goes more in depth about your particular topic. And so we can say, okay, if you are able to share that, we can tack it on to the end of an audiobook as well. And then you're creating bonus content for mm. the book, something different that is only specifically for this audience that they won't hear anywhere else. So I would say that helps get it across the finish line. And other things I would say, as far as what types of books, Audible provides some suggestions on that. Poetry is not always up there, recipe books. Although some people get a lot out of just listening to a recipe, right? Rather than following along, they'd rather just hear it and go as they're cooking. So I would say it just depends on what your audience is. And if you're wanting it out there, we'll do what we can to get it out there. We certainly can produce any type of audiobook. I'm not afraid of taking on any challenges. I just want to put in perspective what might sell better than others. And so what we're seeing is poetry is a little bit lower down on the branches as well as re recipe type books. And then, but everything else, diet related, self-help, biography, memoirs, those all have a place and we love, I thrive on those, right? Especially the biographies and memoirs. Cause again, my journalist background, that's my heart. Mm. And so. I'm just so excited when I get to share people's stories in that way. It just makes me happy. And so I would just say, see what you can do. Talk with whomever you're thinking about doing, producing your audiobook. What options are available to you? What can they do? And then have that conversation. Okay. Does it make sense to do all those things or should we just pair it back and just leave it basic? Yeah, that's wonderful advice, Stephen. Wonderful advice. I'm learning a lot in this and. So appreciative of, of your time. And so one thing I do want to hit on as we're wrapping up the conversation is about podcasting. 
Mm-hmm. I know that you also are a professional in that space. And so I would love for you to share a little bit more about how authors can integrate podcasting in their book marketing strategy. And are there any synergies as well with podcasting audiobooks and how they can leverage either of those two to their advantage? Yeah, I think with podcasting and audiobooks and print media, they're all different types for a reason. And they're all reaching different people. So when we talk about having a print book versus an audiobook, what should I do? Why should I have multiple options available? It's because it's reaching different people. Who buys a print book is not the same person that's going to buy an audiobook and consume that content. And so the same falls in regard to podcasting. Somebody that listens to podcasting may not know you have a book or an audiobook out, but they may find you as a guest on somebody's show, or if you launch your own and they're searching for a particular style of content in your category or genre, they may find you there first before they find you over here. So if they start here and say, oh, I'd really like to find more about this person, then they can search Audible, Amazon, whatever for the format of book that they're looking for. And then that leads to another sale, right? Leads to another engaged audience member. So wherever they start in their journey to find you, the idea is to be found. That's why you're doing all of this. You're not just doing it for, to do it. There's a reason and a purpose behind it. So what is your purpose? And so with a podcast, we're actually encouraging our authors to also, after they're done with the audiobook, consider doing a companion podcast, very similar to the idea of this bonus interview that we do with audiobooks but on a much more consistent manner where it's not just a one-off. It's a six, eight, 10 episode idea where you're continuing to spread the message of your book, but in a much longer format way and in a way that where you can bring people on to talk about your content or your particular topic of choice and have a conversation surrounding it. And then they can, then the audience can go find you know, what you're talking about more in depth from the book. So for us, it's all about uh, synergy to use an older term and bringing all of those audiences together in a much more informed way to get to to follow you along and enjoy what you're doing along with you. And then you're creating engagement with them. You're creating your own community at the end of the day. And so for those companion podcasts, it's we handle it in a very similar way that we do with audiobooks. Sometimes you're working directly with me in that production process, again, in a live direction sense. If you need that, other people, after they've gone through the audiobook process, they're like, I got it. And so we get to watch them personally behind the scenes become this person that they're trying to be. It's really neat for us to watch. And we're working with some great people right now who are in that boat. And it's watching, it's fun watching them set sail. I love that. I love that. And congratulations, too. I just want to acknowledge the work that you've done in this space and helping authors, in a way, literally find their voice and find out more about themselves and spread their message and their stories. I think it's powerful work that you guys are doing. And again, I'm appreciative of your time and coming to share this with me and and our audience here. And as we wrap up, I would love for you to share any last words of advice that you have from the conversation today and then where people can find you, get and be in touch with you and learn more about you if they're interested in audiobooks. Sure. So one thing that I wanted to mention briefly about that prepping that I was mentioning before, if you're thinking about doing an audiobook, 
The idea to keep in mind is when you're reading your book in an audiobook way, it's very much a one-on-one -on -one conversation, very much like you and I are here today. This is not the author talking to a room of 25, 50, 100 people or doing a TED talk, something like that. This is very intimate. It's an intimate space. You're literally asking somebody to be the voice in their head, right between their ears. And so you don't want to just spout off and just be robotic and present in that way. Very much a conversation. So we definitely want our authors to keep that in mind. And our directors are going to make sure that they stay in that vein when they're recording. And in regards to how to find us, we have a brand new website that we love showing off. It's called, and you can find us at twinflamesstudios.com. That's an S on the end of flames and an S on the end of studios as well. Twinflamesstudios.com. And okay. on top of that, we actually launched our own flagship podcast called Drink from the Well, where the CEO of our company, Tina Dietz, is talking about her own thought leadership and getting some incredible guests talking about things from psychological safety in the workplace to creating that, a creative community and how to build that within an organization. So lots of episodes that'll be released monthly so that you can get a sense of what we can do for you if you're interested in podcasting. That's awesome. You all have heard it here again. Thanks again for, for being here, Stephen. This is such a great conversation. Thanks, Parshel. I appreciate it. All right, that concludes another episode of The Author's Leverage, and I trust you're leaving today's conversation inspired and equipped to see your book as a source for so many possibilities. Before we part ways, I want to remind you to download your copy of the ebook and its digital companion workbook, Five Ways to Get More Bang for Your Book. Again, it's a roadmap that's going to be useful to help you unlock the full potential of your book. Find it on our website, connect with us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and share it along with a fellow author. Until next time, remember that your words have the power to change lives. So keep innovating, keep leveraging, and keep making an extraordinary impact. We'll see you next time.